There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. This is our Wednesday edition of the podcast, and uh, thankful for each of you that listen, each of you that tune in. For those of you catching up late, we're going to talk about you just for a minute in Cape Verde. We are watching Flight Tracker at supper, and we saw that you were a couple hours out from Cape Verde still. And uh, we certainly hope that the, by now you've landed safely. It was prospered your journey. You've gotten a couple hours sleep, awake, ready to do the Lord's work. That's what our request is. For those of you that do not know, we have a group of people we know under the ministry that were. Uh, friends and family both, as well as co-laborers in Christ. And uh, they have set their feet in Cape Verde to do the Lord's work there, to visit with a missionary family. And we've been praying for several months about this and praying, of course, the last 24 hours, especially for God's safety over them, watch care over them. We know they landed in Portugal safely and got to tour the city and take pictures. And now the last we saw, they were headed to Cape Verde. Now, when this airs and goes out on the podcast, they will have already been in Cape Verde, a Lord willing. And so we certainly pray that you're listening, pray that you're still tuning into the podcast, pray that you've had that time with the Lord this morning. And then for those stateside, we'll have meetings coming up here in Shingle House, Pennsylvania, beginning on Thursday. That's going to run through Sunday. Now, Saturday morning, there's a special service at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. Myself, Pastor John Asquith, pastor of the Black Creek Baptist Church, Black Creek, New York, will be laboring together, preaching together. And I look back and I think about certain things, and it kind of clicked with me today. I rarely get to preach with Pastor Asquith, and I get to preach with a lot of different men over the years, but most of the men I preach for, as far as their church, their congregation, where they pastor, I don't get to preach with them in meetings. And so I'm looking forward to what the Lord will do in that service. Then the following week, we'll be at the Black Creek Baptist Church each night, 6 o'clock. That'll be Monday through Friday, and then, of course, Wednesday and Thursday. Have a second preacher after that for the regularly scheduled service and Bible study. The following Sunday, we'll be in Wellsville, New York, and that's uh, at the Anchor Baptist Church. And you know, it's amazing how we look forward to what the Lord can do, but I promise you this, the Lord can break in on any one of these services at any time, and the Lord can do as He sees fit to meet with us, and the Lord can break in and do His bidding and His will at any moment's notice without our permission. And that's what we're asking the Lord to do. That's not just words. We truly believe that the Lord can do that for us. We're asking the Lord if he will do that, if he'll break in on these services, if you're in the area, by in the area, I mean two, three hours away um, or less, you're welcome to come. We'd love to have you as a special guest of any one of those services. We're in Psalm 139 today to the chief musician, a Psalm of David. And he says, oh Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. And then at the end of this chapter, verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me. And for years, I've made the statement. I said, why is it that he asked the Lord 
to search him when 22 verses earlier, he said, Lord, thou hast searched me. And I believe the only assumption I can come up with is because throughout these 21 verses, the psalmist sees the holiness of God and realizes how corrupted he is, realizes how fleshly he is, realizes how quickly he can stray from the most high God. And so it is with you and I. We are but flesh, and we are just flesh and bone. We are frail. We are weak beings. And yet the Lord himself will meet with us, and and the Lord will come to where we are, and the Lord will reveal himself to us. But oh, how quickly we turn from his ways. And then he said in verse 2, Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. And that's uh, a pretty fearful thing, that God understands our thought afar off. Whatever we think. Whatever we can conjure up in our mind, God knows that thought before we think it. That's how far off it is. When the Lord is in every place, he's beholding both the evil and the good. That's the eyes of the Lord. The seven spirits of God, they burn before the throne of God, but they also are the eyes of the Lord. They go to and throw throughout the whole earth. And if we believe that and understand that, it will cause us to fear God. Because God looks upon us and God sees us and God knows our uprising, our down sitting, but then he also knows our thoughts even afar off. God knows what you're thinking and God wants to fill your mind with his goodness. But some of us are so contentious with God and so uh, bitter with God that we don't want God to know our thinking. We blame God for everything in our life. And yet God knows that thought and he's willing to pardon. He's willing to forgive. He's willing because of his son, Jesus Christ, he's willing to take that iniquity And forgive that iniquity and wash that iniquity and make you clean. That's a promise of God. That's the holiness of God. That's why God searches you. That's why God knows you. He knows your frame. He knows your personality. He knows your emotion. He knows your makeup. Why? Because God knows your very thoughts. Thou compass my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. And it's interesting he says that. He doesn't say friendship. I thought that was interesting. I always make jokes about as certain people, I see, well, they're a good friend or, or, or I mean, acquaintance of the McVeighs. It's one of those little dumb humor things I do. Nobody laughs ever. And uh, it's I use that often, though, but that is one of the things. You know, there's a difference between a friend and an acquaintance. There's people I've known my whole life that I'm acquainted with. And I'm acquainted with people very well, but I'm not necessarily friends with those people. It's not because I'm not desirous of friendship. It's just we don't have enough in common or we don't see each other enough or we know each other afar off. We're acquainted with it. And he said that of the Lord. We're acquainted uh, he's acquainted with all my ways, and it's because friendship with the world is enmity with God. God can be acquainted with your ways and not be pleased with your ways. Uh, can two walk together except they be agreed? God can't walk with you if uh, you disagree with God. God can't walk with you if you disagree with his ways. There are people that have affliction in their life and troubles in their life, the trouble of every hand, and if they cannot see it's God that's troubling them, because God sees their ways, and God is, is trying to woo them to himself. And so oftentimes, he'll hurt us to make us better. He'll wound you. To, to, he can bind you up. And he does that because he loves you. He cares for you. He's concerned about you because he's acquainted with all your ways. He's acquainted with all my ways. He knows my ways. He's not always pleased with my ways. There's not always friendship with my ways. And God wants to have friendship. God wants to have fellowship. God wants to invite you into the fellowship of he and his dear son, Jesus Christ. That's the fellowship he offers to you. That's the fellowship he invites you into. But if your ways displease the Lord, you can't walk in that fellowship. He goes on, then he says, For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. So now he's gone 
from my ways, my uprising, my downsitting, from my ways to my thinking, now he's gone to my tongue. There's not a word in my tongue, but Lord, thou knowest it all together. And therefore, we as the children of God, we must bridle our tongue. We must learn to bridle our tongue, keep our mouths shut, quit being so critical of everything, quit being a murmurer, quit being a jangler, and quit just making noise. It's interesting, a dear friend of mine, that he made the statement many, many years ago, he talked about a babbler. It's a babbler is just incessant noise. They call it the babbling of a brook. It's not loud. It's not obnoxious. It's just constant. It never stops. And he talked about jangling, vain jangling. And he said, jangling, that's why they call the phone, it jangles, and the phone's used to jangling. He said, it just, it startles you. It's obnoxious. It's loud. It's displeasing. And he said, the babbling, the jangling, he said, all those things associated with your lips. And he said, the Lord has nothing good to say about them. And he'd preach that. And I said, glory to God. Thank God for the memory of a dear man that would preach those things. And because the Lord does, he says, that little tongue, it's that little member in your mouth that's set on fire of hell. And so if you don't know how to bridle that, you don't know how to keep your mouth shut, you just, you just go ahead and keep your mouth shut if you don't know how to bridle that tongue. You'd be better off just zipping your lip than you will be going to hell with your mouth open. Be better off just closing your mouth and, and welding it shut than you would be dying and going to hell talking. And that's why most people are going to hell, by the way. They can't shut up. That's why over there, in, was it Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 8? He says, a prattling fool shall fall. He says again in verse 10, a prattling fool shall fall. What is prattle? Prattle's loquaciousness is the incessant noise, is incessantly talking. And that pratting fool, that one that cannot shut up, they can't stop talking. And by the way, there's a lot of Christians like that. And I'll just be honest with you, they can't stop talking. They make a lot of noise, but there's no weight to their words. Why does it? It's prattle. And I, one thing I have challenged myself with in these 26 years almost of being saved is when you do speak, especially in a scenario where God requires you to speak, make sure your words have some weight behind them. And part of that is a manner of lifestyle. If your life is reflective of Jesus Christ, your words will have weight. If your doctrine is sound, your word will have weight. But then you have people that have no testimony. They have people that have just a, a shallow testimony, or they're known as somebody that just can't shut up. So many years ago, then because of those verses, a pride and fool shall fall, I preached on that old uh, commercial. I said they've fallen because they can't shut up. That's why people fall. The pratting fool shall fall. People can't keep their mouths closed. And so that's the day we are in religion. Yet God sees that. He knows that. He knows our mouth is open. And he said, fill thy mouth, and, and I'll open thy mouth, and I will fill it. He's talking about the goodness of God, not words. Not speech necessarily. So he said, there's not a word in my tongue, but lo, o Lord, thou knowest it all together. So the Lord's telling us, listen to what I'm saying. Everything you say, I know. Every gossip, every discontented word, every word of maliciousness, every word of bitterness, God knows those words. But then he also knows on the other side, the words of kindness, the words of gentleness, the words of exhortation, the words of reproof, the words of rebuke biblical words. He knows the words you say to edify. He knows the words you say to build up. And one of the things that I, as a McVeigh, have trouble with, it's, it's, it's genetic, I think, is the ability to tear down with our tongues. And I inherited that uh, from a long generation of people that are able to tear down with their tongues. I suspect as people listen to this podcast that that's your family tree has the ability to tear down with their tongues. 
it was bred in us to use our tongue as a weapon. And that's a terrible thing. That's an awful thing. And my friend, I've had to try to overcome that with the help of God. Because my tongue is not to be a weapon used for evil. My tongue is a weapon used for good. My tongue ought to be a sword, carrying a very sharp sword. That's the word of God. That's what it ought to be. And yet, so many times, we as Christians fail because our tongue gets us in trouble. But yet the Lord knows this. And so the psalmist reminds us, Lord, when you're searching me, remember, there's not a word I say that thou dost not know. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. And that's a wonderful thing. To know the Lord has been set me behind and before and laid his hand upon. What a marvelous thing. What a marvelous truth. What a joy to know that God has done that for us. That his safety, his protection. So he's looking at our minds. He's looking at our tongue. He's watching us get up. He's watching us set down. He's looking at our ways. He's compassing about our path. And then he besets us behind, besets us before, lays his hand upon us. So what's our excuse? How can we say, well, I didn't know? How can we say, well, God's forsaken me? How can we say, God, let this happen to me? Oh, my, how can God? God's put his hand upon the child of God. How can we say something snuck through God's hand? This is evil. This is terrible. Why would this happen to me? Because God allowed it. And God's trying to better us. God's trying to make you better. That's why God allows these things. And such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. And so, again, that word wonderful there and the connotation of wonderful is something the Lord gave me quite a few years ago. And there's things that are wonderful. And he said in Proverbs 30, 18, there be three things which are too wonderful for me, yea, four, which I know not. Well, the psalmist here says, this knowledge is too wonderful. This is astounding. I can't understand this. Here's the three things and then four, which I know not, the way of an eagle in the air. No man can understand that. We can't stay. We can, scientists can try to explain it. They try to figure it out. You can't understand the way of an eagle in the air. It's a marvelous thing to watch. How that eagle just catches that thermal. How does he see the air to catch a thermal? And he just catches and tips his wings and glides and shoots into the heavenlies and then dives like a rocket and snatches that fish and descends back into the heavens. And many years ago, a dear preacher friend of mine, he's my pastor at the time, and uh, Brother Harper told the story of going out behind his house and hearing screaming in the air. And he looked up and there's a bald eagle. And all of a sudden he saw something falling. And he couldn't tell what it was. And that eagle swooped down and grabbed those things that were falling, scooped them up again. And he realized it was the eaglets. That mother eagle had those babies, was taking them up pretty high and dumping them, trying to teach them to fly. She swooped down. And, I can't understand that. That's beyond my understanding. The way of a serpent upon a rock. Again, scientists try to explain how the scales work and how you know this animal had evolved and they used to have feet and all these. They try to come with all these explanations that in evolution, you can't understand that way of a serpent upon a rock. The way of a ship in the midst of the sea, how that little helm turns that giant ship and it rises and it falls and it sends into the heavens and goes down into the depths. And then the way of a man with a maid. Something else you can't understand. God has put that in them. That's why we can't understand that. God has made that ship to go upon the sea. God has made that serpent to go upon a rock. God has made that man to go upon that maid. God has made that eagle to ascend into the heavens. Job said in Job 42, verse 3, Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. Things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. So these are things too wonderful. And he said, Lord, this knowledge, such knowledge is too wonderful. 
for the me. It is too high. I cannot attain unto it. Well, I don't know how you do these things, but I know you do these things. Now, you, you do it for me. You do it for my betterment. But more than that, you do it for the glory of your son, Jesus Christ. And that's too wonderful for me to understand how Jesus Christ would go to the cross for a sinner like me. That's too wonderful for me to understand how he'd submit himself to death on the cross, the sufferings, the cruelty, the mocking, the trial, the scourging. He'd submit himself to that. That's too wonderful for me to understand. Things I understand not. Yet with all my heart, I believe that that's exactly what Jesus Christ did for me. These are things that God is searching us out about. I pray you'd let God search you out these things. Join us again tomorrow as we finish up this chapter on the podcast. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The glory